uh, were was uh, Dudley Do Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, I've seen I've seen the movie. I've seen it. Well, it was a cartoon when I was a kid. <laughs> oh, okay. Shoot, I didn't know that. I've just seen like the movie with the guy from the guy from the Mummy. That's the one I saw. Oh, well, you know, I knew that they made a movie of it. I just I have never seen it. I I grew up watching the cartoon. It's like. You know, I've seen one or two of the new Batman, but the Batman I saw was a TV series with Adam West. That's, you know, that's what I grew up with. So, it's hard to watch other stuff when you kind of are get into that mode from childhood. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Did you ever, um, did you ever see uh, any of those old Batman? They're really funny. Uh, not really, I can't say, no. Oh, they're really funny. And they always had a movie star in it. <laughs> it was like one of those shows that people asked to be on. Mm-hmm. Iconic, right? So. Oh, yeah. Everyone, everyone wants to have a cameo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember one time Batman and Robin were walking up the wall, and Sammy Davis Jr. opened up the um, window and said, Hey there, where are you going? <laughs> He's like, oh my god, it's Sammy Davis Jr. (laughs) When you're really little, that's like, wow. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it it was actually, but there was like, it was like the different levels, because there was a level for kids that was part of the show, but there was also some double entendres, and there was also a lot of stuff that was for the adults, too. Sort of like watching a Bugs Bunny cartoon. (laughs) I, 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 anyway, I, if you want to see something that's a farce, it's really fun. <laughs> I'll keep it in mind. <laughs> uh, do you have, um, do you have any kind of thing that you remember from when you were a kid that just kind of was fun and, and it's a good memory to you? Well, I mean, related to this whole podcast, reading books, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, as far back far back as I can remember, right? Mm-hmm. Um, started out with my mom reading me books, obviously, right, when I was very little. So we'd always be, we'd always be excited, my brother and I, for her to read us the stories at bedtime, right? So like the old stories, like the old Hardy Boys uh, mysteries and things like that, right? She'd read those to us uh, at bedtime, and that's really where my, like, my love of reading started, right? Which yep. is just stories, and those are some really nice memories, so that's an example of it, like just growing up with that and then you know, starting to read books and then looking forward to going to bed on a school night and staying up two hours reading, right? Like, you know, those are some very, very good times, right? And I think they highlight the importance of reading as well and as you grow up. Oh, yeah. So. We, were, we were like that, too. Uh, my first book when I was a really little girl was called The Bobsy Twins, but my first real book that I read was Heidi. Um, do you remember the first book that you read on your own? I was so proud of myself when I read Heidi. Um, I'm not. It's, I'm, I'm probably wrong about this because there's a bunch of the really, really short ones I read right when I was very little. Those really small picture books. Mm-hmm. But the, but the first, I think like the first full length novel kind of book would be the Island series. You know the one where the bunch of kids get stranded on an island. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was called. So I remember reading that, and that's the earliest one I can recall. There might have been more, but that's the earliest one I remember. I think it's so cool when you get to that point, because you, when you're little and your parents are reading you stories, you know the story by heart, and you you tell no no go to this part, <laughs> but but when you actually reading it yourself, it's like 
I did it. <laughs> Is that how yep. you felt? Oh, oh yeah. Um, especially when I got into the harder books too. Like I was reading, you know, before I graduated from elementary school, I was reading more of the adult fantasy novels, right? Like Terry Brooks and people like that. I was pretty much tearing through those. So those felt like an accomplishment because they're like, you know, 500 pages, right? They're thick. Mm-hmm. So so I felt pretty happy with that. Getting through some of those really dense fantasy novels was pretty satisfying. Yeah, I think the first real adult book I read was uh, Evil Under the Sun by Agatha Christie. Okay, I've heard of it. And I, uh, another one was Ellery Queen, but I don't remember which one it was. I liked mysteries. I liked, well, when I got older, I liked science fiction too, but... At 11 or 12, it was mysteries. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I love I loved older books. I liked I like I did your your parents have like not a library but like a bookshelf full of books that you would go and you just like pluck a book and sit down and read it. My parents never told us what we couldn't read. We could read anything that was on my dad's bookshelf. Yeah, we have something similar. Um, it was mostly my mom's books because she's big into reading science fiction and fantasy, especially fantasy novels, right? Mm-hmm. So she had a big collection already. So I just basically stole books from that whenever I wanted and kept reading them, right? So again, she had, you know, Terry Brooks, right? She had mm-hmm. every single one of his books. So that's really where I started with reading fantasy was those and Harry Potter and uh, I think uh, Ian Culfer as well. She had the Artemis Fowl series as well. So. Yeah, I just, it was a communal bookshelf, really. But most of them were my mother's books. Yeah. I, look, my parents both had books on the shelf. Um, but I was, uh, I like some of my mom's books. My, the books I liked my mom had were uh, biographies of actors and stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff that I really liked of her books. My father's <sighs> books was more science fiction. He had classic science fiction. He okay. had the old, you know, Isaac Asinoff and Ray Bradbury and um, and Heinlein, people like that. So I had a combination, and my 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 mom was a big classic movie fan, so I would be I I I have a love of both. I like classic uh, science fiction and fantasy, and I like classic movies because of my parents. <laughs> So is that the influence of your mommy? You just love the fantasy because of reading those books. Yeah, and well, and obviously because you have so much fun reading them, right? Mm-hmm. It's not so much it's not so much that they that she liked them. It's that it was infectious, right? Once you read it and get into a story, it's it's again, it's it's unlike any other kind of feeling, right? When mm-hmm. you surrender yourself to a narrative, into a story, and get lost in it, right? You know, it's one of those. I'd say one of the biggest joys of life, I think, is just partaking in that, right? And it's timeless, too. Because oh, yeah. a book written 100, 200 years ago, you're reading it right now, and it's like, you know, the author's long gone, but they're, you're still looking into their into their soul, really, right? Because mm-hmm. it's something they created. So it's just remarkable, right? I think that's one of the wonders of reading is, see, I always feel sorry for people who don't that say they don't like to read because it's it's not... Reading is not a chore. Reading is a joy. Reading is an adventure. Reading, you go places and do things you'll never get to do in real life. <laughs> and 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 I always feel kind of sad for people who don't read. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, me too. I mean, and to each their own, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I do feel that some people are just missing out. But it also depends. It depends how they were raised, right, and, and what they were exposed to. Because some kids maybe they grew up thinking they couldn't read, or they associated negative things with it, right? Who knows? But or a lot of people just say they don't have time, right? That's what I hear a lot from people. But you can always make time, mm-hmm. even if it's a few minutes here and there, right? But yeah. you know, I do think that you know a lot of people do themselves a bit of a disservice though by not uh, giving it a shot, you know, at least another shot, right? I think that when you when you even if you're in college, I college there's sometimes when you have to read. I don't mean the books that you're assigned. I mean to get away from the stress of college. I read a lot more than I think I did before college because it was very stressful. Um so and then, and then I was already into science fiction, so I was reading everything, uh, science fiction and fantasy. I like Harry Potter. Um, I, my favorite is uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. That's my. I know it's in the middle, but that's my favorite book. Do you have a favorite of the Potter series? Um, probably the first one. I don't think I don't think I actually read all of them because then the movies started coming out, and I was watching the movies and. It was a long time ago, but the first one was obviously my favorite, for me at least, right? I like Sorcerer's Stone. It's a good one. Or did you get a British copy and it said Philosopher's Stone? <laughs> I I think it might have been a British one, because this is Canada, so we get the Commonwealth stuff more. But actually, you know what? It, it might have been actually from the States, because actually we do get most of our books from the States. We're right beside you. So maybe. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Because, yeah, you're right by Michigan, so pretty easy. <laughs> To you know, uh, call a bookstore in Michigan and have them deliver it to you. <laughs> Unless you guys went over the border and, and went there, because it's not that far. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a drive. It's a bit of a drive. But I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I was just saying it's a bit of a drive to Michigan, so much faster to drive to my local bookstore, so I'll do that. Okay. No, I was just curious, because you were saying you were close, and that... It depends where in Michigan... I mean, uh, what part of Michigan, because there's border areas that's right by Canada, but I'm not I'm not talking like going to Detroit or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, Michigan? No. Is that Detroit? I get confused. I can't remember. Sorry. <laughs> That's fine. I can't remember if it's the, the main city in Michigan. My God. When you get older, your brain starts going... Um, <laughs> so, you, you're, you've always been a reader. When did you start writing? Okay, so, uh, there are a few times throughout um, elementary school and high school where for assignments we had to write a story, you know, like in English class, that kind of thing. Um, in elementary school, I did one, and it sucked. And my teacher actually said I sucked at it, so that hurt my feelings a lot. Oh my god! <laughs> so, yeah, she's like, stop. You know, she was like, you know, I, she's just had a few bad things to say about it. But to be honest, it was a bit of a silly story. But whatever, I'm in grade five, right? Give me a break. So, anyway, so and then the the second time I wrote something was in I think grade nine, and this was after I'd read basically 
most of Terry Brooks' books by the time I'd gotten to grade nine. So there was another assignment where we had to write a story in English class. And so I basically wrote like a sword and sorcery kind of thing. Um, basically just almost copying Terry Brooks because back then, right, it's like you're just imitating, right, the things you like to read. Mm-hmm. And you still do to an extent, right? It's always a, a bit of imitation in everything. But um, so that was the second time. And again, eh, like the teacher said, hey, keep writing. So that was nice. But I didn't actually write anything after that. I'd say until maybe first year university. So 2012, 2011, 2012. So, and it's a bit of a funny story. So basically, and um, uh, you know, like, you know the Artemis Fowl series? Yeah. Okay, so. I've only read one of them, but yeah, I've. Okay, so I I really liked that one growing up. It was my favorite, one of my favorite series. Uh, I had a lot of fun reading it. Um, But when I got to the last book, and no offense to Mr. Colfer, but I found the, the last one didn't really do it for me. The, the way it ended the series left me a bit disappointed. Mm-hmm. And you know, that, ha- that happens, right? Everyone has their own expectations, right? Right. So, so, so that happened. And then over, I think, about a year, I was just bouncing around in my head, like, how, how else would I want it to go, right? Because I, I like the, the series so much that it was always kind of in my head, right? I just, it was easy to recall, easy to play around with the ideas and stuff. So I figured... Eventually, I just got an idea for, hey, I'll write my own version of it, my own ending of it, right? So I just started doing that for fun. And then, to be honest, and it's a bit of a cliche or a cringy thing, but I was actually doing fan fiction starting out, writing for, for that series on good old fanfiction.net. And so that was my first time writing something and putting it out there. And people liked it, right? Like some people, you know, didn't, but... but by and large, most of the people that commented actually had good things to say about it, and a lot of people started following it. You know, not a, a huge amount of people, but enough where I was like, wow, people actually read this, right? So I found out that, you know, the two-sided nature of writing is you have a lot of fun writing it yourself, and then it's also kind of fun when other people read it and enjoy it too, right? So I had a taste of both of those. So that's really what got me started. And then after writing a bunch of that stuff, I'm talking like, a few stories. One was like 200,000 words. One was 400,000 words. One was 80,000 words. So a lot of fan fiction, right? It was a bit insane. I had a problem. But I, I finished with that and then figured maybe I should write something of my own, right? Why not? So I just started that, I think, in 2014, 2015. I wrote a basically a full-length novel. And, uh, you know, still not the best, right? But uh, that was kind of the start of me actually writing things of my own. And then over those the next few years, right, started writing short stories, and you know the rest is history, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started doing fan fiction too. I remember I was telling you about college and reading. I also, during finals when you were supposed to be studying, I wrote Star Trek fan fiction. <laughs> hey, that's fine. There's lots of it out there. There's lots of it. <laughs> that was that's how I yeah. When I, but the the first one that I got a following. For was Xena fan fiction. Uh-huh. Um, I got a nice following doing that. Did you get a nice following of, of people that followed you when you did, posted your stories? Yeah, like not not you know not hundreds and hundreds of people, but you know like a bit over a hundred just of like regular ones, right? And then you know I don't know how many more that don't actually have accounts, right? But still, it just feels good having a bit of a community, right? And being able to share things with others and taking their feedback and getting better, right? So, it was very satisfying, I will say. 
So, um, when did you have? When did you first hear of uh, Writers of the Future? Um, I think I didn't hear about it until man. When was the I don't, I don't even. I think it was 2017 was the first time I actually submitted a story to it. So I think it was around either late 2016 or early 2017 when I was looking at basically that was after I'd written my first short story. I think it was a post-apocalyptic like science fiction thing, if I recall correctly. But anyway, so I was looking at places to send it, and then just while I was doing the research on where to send short stories, I think I just came across the competition and sent it there. And that one was, an, I think, just an honorable mention, but that's what got me started on submitting to it on a fairly regular basis, I would say. So 2017. And... Uh... When you when you got your honorable mention, do they send you a book when you get an honorable mention? Uh, not a book, but they send you like a, a one, like um like a certificate, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone gets a certificate, right, from honorable mention all the way to the top. So that certificate and it's signed by it was signed by David Farland, I think. Uh, he was at the time the uh, the judge, like the main the main guy in charge, right? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, of course, he passed he away passed last away. year, I yeah. think. But um. Anyway, so you get like a a nice looking um, certificate, right? It looks really nice. It's uh, so that was that was really cool. Just getting that in the mail, you know, didn't even expect it. You know, just showed up, and I'm like, wow, that's cool. So uh, everyone gets it, unless you're rejected, right? If your story's rejected, you don't really get anything. But everything above that, you at least get something to say, hey, you know, I, you know, my story placed in this, right? And that's very meaningful, right, to to anyone, at, especially people starting out, right? gives a bit of a tangible thing to look at and to be proud of. I think that it's always a good thing to get an acknowledgement and that you got, they send you a certificate. That's lovely. <laughs> yeah, I've got, a, I've got a bunch of them in a, in a, uh, on the shelf, you know, big big row of them. <laughs> well, not a big row, but a few. So, but did you, uh, when you won, did you frame that certificate? I haven't gotten anything for that because I'm sure that's going to be at the event in April. We're actually going to get, obviously, stuff there, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll frame whatever I get there. <laughs> we'll see what it is. Uh, and who told you you won? So that was Joni. So she called me. I was at work at the time. Uh, I'm a paramedic as well, uh, on the side, or on paper, right? Medic. So I was at work when she gave me the call, and it was a big surprise to me. I'll tell you that. And um, do you know what book you're going to be in? Can you give the full name? So the this one is going to be the Writers of the Future, Volume 39. Um, but I think it has a longer title, title though, actually, when you look it up. Okay. Just a sec. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm on my Goodreads right now. So it's the L. Ron Hubbard Presents Writers of the Future, Volume 39. Okay. Because obviously L. Ron Hubbard was the person who, who uh, whose uh, estate funds all of this, right? Like, this is his legacy, the whole competition. Yeah. So, it's, the title includes his name there as well. Yep. Um, and, do you, do you know when your banquet is? Uh, it's the last week of April, so I think April 22nd to the 30th or so. So, it's a whole week long. Are you looking forward to the workshop? Oh, of course. I'm looking forward to learning, learning a bunch of things, right? Getting a bit better, improving, and of course, meeting a lots of very interesting people, right? Very accomplished writers and of course the, the other winners as well, right? So I'm sure it'll be just a very 
educational and memorable experience, right? Do you know who the judges are going to be? The judges? Uh-huh. For? For the contest. Do they do they announce it when you get your stuff? Um, I guess not. I haven't heard anything about that. Okay. Well, you know you're gonna they're gonna be judges because <laughs> mm-hmm. somebody has to judge writing. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're gonna be. I think Tim Powers is one of the people who's gonna be uh, heading the workshop. If that's, that's what cool. you mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's gonna be. Well, there's. There's uh, one of the judge. More, sometimes more than one of the judges do the workshop, and then the one for illustrator. There's a couple of judges, and they do that. And then you guys all get together when the writer gets to see the the picture for the short story. And from what I understand, that can be very emotional. Are you ready for it? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I'm. I'm just. I'm just trying to imagine exactly which what they're what they're going to do for it, right? The uh, I think my artist, the the lady, the girl, the person who who is doing my story, she's from Romania, which is uh, actually quite a coincidence because I travel there all the time. I love that country. But um, anyway, so I have no idea what to expect, but I'm of course very excited to see what she ends up uh, creating for it. Right. So I do like the art style I see online that I've looked up. So it should be pretty impressive. I bet. Oh yeah, sure. And I'm half Romanian, so we're, Romanians are cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting country, actually. It's very interesting. Yeah, uh, full-blooded Romanian on my mother's side. Uh-huh. And mutt um, on my dad's, all different kinds of countries. So... <laughs> 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 um, so I think it's really interesting when you guys are going to go to these banquets. Um, are you ready to get all gussied up? Yep, there's a, I mean, I've got some uh, upscale casual stuff to wear there, but when we're there, we're just good. They already hooked us up with a, a tuxedo place down in LA. So I'll just, we'll just, pretty much all of us are going to go there and just rent tuxedos, right? Mm-hmm. And get all, get all Gucci'd up there, I think. So. We'll see what uh, see what we get there, right? But I'm sure it's going to be the best of the best. I think it's really cool. I think that from what I understand, I have I have I was supposed to go, but this thing called the pandemic happened. That was the year I was oh, supposed to go. Yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, it was 2020. I was supposed not. Yeah, 2020. I was supposed to go, and nope. Uh, <laughs> everything in the world shut down. Um, when, uh, you get your, um, your award, do you know what you're going to say? Have you started scribbling a speech? Yeah, it's a short one. It's a short one, but yeah, I I do know what I'm going to say for the most part. You're not going to say that you were born in the cabin in Canada? No, 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 no. (laughs) It's like, you know, thanking a few people, paying some respects to a few people, and ending off with a very, with a short quote that I think is very applicable. And that's it. And it's whenever I think of those speeches, you probably don't know it because you're very young, but there used to be a show called The Mary Tyler Moore Show, and there was a character named Ted. He was the news anchor on the show, and every time, it all started in a small radio station in Sacramento, oh, California, just... every time. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't want to put everyone to sleep, that's for sure. Yeah, it was funny. Um... <laughs> <clears throat> it's a classic show. Anyway, um, 
but that's what I think of when somebody's uh, going to write a speech. It immediately comes into my head. <laughs> um, so I know it's, that's ahead of you, but do you have anything that you're working on now, any projects? I know you're waiting for the banquet, but um, are you working on your writing still? What's going on? Always writing. So I've got a basically a staggered series of things that I'm work on, working on. So there's a number of short stories that I'm working on right now, you know, all science fiction or fantasy. Uh, three of them that are just being edited right now, so one at a time, right? But they're all either waiting to be edited or they're uh, still being read by some beta readers of mine. To get some feedback, so I've got a few of those in the works in the editing phase. Um, I'm working on just writing a novella right now, just for fun. Again, it's more of a post-apocalyptic fantasy kind of thing, but I'm just writing it for fun. Just want to, I just want to write something for the sake of writing it, right? So that's what I'm doing right now from the creation standpoint. But I've also got um, there's, a, there's a, a novel I wrote about a year and a half ago or so, and I'm just in the phase of really getting it ironed out and uh, ready to be sent out to editors or agents as well. So it's more of a contemporary fantasy novel. So that's something else that's also kind of on the burner too. And another thing, I know I keep going on, but um, just related to the story I wrote for Writers of the Future, um, I do intend to actually make a novel of that. So I'm just currently letting that boil in the back of my mind. Kind of like, you know, you, you, you have the idea, you let it sit, you let things kind of just click together in, in the subconscious mind for a bit. So that's sitting there too. And while I'm doing all this, I'm actually right now, I'm doing one of Dean Wesley Smith's courses. Um, so I'm just doing that as well, just to get a bit of practice on things that I could probably get better on. And uh, besides that, just reading Brandon Sanderson's um, Way of Kings right now, because obviously to be a writer, you got to read. So I'm always reading good books as well yep oh yeah you have to read I mean you, how can you write if you don't read <laughs> exactly um, so do you have any recommendations and fantasy books for people who are interested in reading fantasy and but may not have may have a different genre that they usually read hmm. well again speaking of Brandon Sanderson right like um Probably he's one of my most favorite authors, I'd say, from the fantasy, the whole fantasy genre, be it his Stormlight Archives, be it the the, the Mistborn series. Again, all of those were fantastic books, so I'd always recommend those. Um, for if people like more of a kind of like flintlock fantasy, you know, muskets, you know, 17th century kind of stuff, um, there's, a few, there's a few authors I read from that who are actually really good. One is Brian McClellan, I think. Uh, yep, Brian McClellan. I was just looking up at the bookshelf. He's right above me. So his Powder Mage trilogy and then the, the follow-up to that, I really enjoyed those. So I would recommend those to anyone as well. Very fun, very interesting. And um, another guy kind of similar is Django Wexler. He kind of writes that Flintlock fantasy stuff as well. And again, I just I just like that. I like that kind of genre, that subgenre of fantasy. So I'd recommend those too. Very fun stories. Easy to read. And do you have a favorite, um, like, uh, a writer who you look up to from the past, whether it's 100 years ago or now? Um, 
Well, I already said their names, right? But I, I look up to Sanderson. I think he's an excellent writer. And I listen to his lectures online on YouTube, right, all the time. So I really, I really appreciate him from that standpoint, you know, how he teaches, how he shares his knowledge, right? And for free online too, right? Like all his lectures are just on YouTube. So I really look up to him for that and just for what I've learned from him. Um, another one's, of course, David Farland, right? He puts out, the, he put out those courses online, right, the free courses online. Uh, Fridays of the Future and some of his bundles too, right? I found his his writing and his instruction was very helpful as well. Um, but from the past, um, whew, from the past, I'd say, you know, Charles Dickens. Charles Dickens really gets me. Good choice. I look up to him, right? <laughs> yeah. Very, Great very uh, classic, right? Yep. Um, Charles Dickens loved his books. Um, oh, what was his name? Uh, Joseph Conrad, if you've heard of Joseph mm-hmm. Conrad, he wrote The Heart of Darkness, for example. So I found his books very interesting. Again, coming from the early 1900s or so. Mm-hmm. And this is coming from a guy whose, I think English was his third language, but he was able to write some pretty good books in English. So I found that pretty good. So The Heart of Darkness, for example, right? Very interesting, you know, a bit of a visceral, you know, gris- you know uh, rough around the edges kind of book, right? Very psychological but I really liked his work. Um, and besides that, I mean, I like Shakespeare. To be honest, I do like Shakespeare. You know, Hamlet, Macbeth, you know, Midsummer Night's Dream, all those things, right? I actually really enjoyed those going well, through school. I mean, that's where I learned about it in school, and I love Shakespeare. I also like Greek plays. Ah, yeah. Um, I, I love theater. Um, that was That's my other passion, books and theater. And movies, those are the three. Um, but I love Greek plays, and I love Shakespeare plays. My favorite um, comedy, though, was As You Like It. I've heard of it, yeah. Oh, I haven't it's, seen it. It's very funny, and it's 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 pure. It's it's sort of a farce for Shakespeare, which is a little different. But it's real. It's a it's really a funny, funny play. I mean, I know everybody loves Midsummer. I love Midsummer, but I really love As You Like It. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Midsummer on stage? No, I've only seen Hamlet on stage, but I did like that. I liked Hamlet. That mm-hmm. was a good one mm-hmm. on stage. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the actors were really good too. It was it was fun. I'll say that it was fun to watch. Yeah, but definitely a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, it it was it was, but very well done. Oh yeah. Yeah, I uh, I love I love his plays, and uh, for the Greek, my favorite tragedy was Antigone. Mm-hmm. I think that's it's just so beautiful, and there's it, it's interesting because the Greeks, even though they weren't that, women were second class citizens, but the the women in their plays were all powerful. I think that's a really strange dichotomy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. But it's 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 really a beautiful play. It's sad, it's tragic, but it's really yeah. a beautiful play. Um, anyway, we're coming to the end, so I thought maybe you'd like to give your website if you have one, and any of your social media, so people can say hi. Okay. Well, um, I do have a website. It's just basically just my name dot net, so spencersecular.net, 
Uh, basically, anything about me you could find on there. It links to all my books. It links to the other random stuff that I do, be it the blog, be it uh, I do some voice acting as well. Uh, it's got a bunch of random stuff on there. But you could also find my name on Goodreads as well. That's uh, a good way to get linked to things I've written in as well. Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. And I have an Instagram account, but I don't really use it. But all of them can be found by just using my name. It's a pretty, I'd say, a pretty uncommon name. I haven't found a Spencer Seculin anywhere. So it should be pretty easy to find. <laughs> Could you spell your last name? So it's spelled S-E-K, so Sierra Echo Kilo, U-L-I-N, Uniform Lima, India, November. Okay. And um, I just want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to chat with me. And I want to thank you for doing basically the same. I really appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 